question, Dad. Are mobile suits more important to you than human beings? <sighs> it almost looks like this mobile suit is shaking in terror. It's a mobile suit! Amaro, is that you inside that mobile suit? Let's just see. Let's test the reaction time of your brand new mobile suit. You alone are responsible for the mobile suit now. Is that understood? These are the days when you wish your bed was already made. It's just another mobile suit. Monday. Wish it was Sunday. That's Matt. Tarmaro Ray. Now I don't have to run day. It's just another mobile suit. Mobile suit. In war, to keep the upper hand, you have to think two or three moves ahead of the enemy. Hey guys, welcome back to another mobile rific episode of Fan Holes Mobile Suit Mondays. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be one of your hosts fighting for your rights tonight, but I am not alone. I am joined by two, count them, two of my fellow Neo Zeon ready to drop an asteroid on the interwebs. Shout out and say what's up to everybody. Hey, it's Mike, and this podcast isn't just for show. Hey, this is Justin. Neo Zeon, Buzzai! Buzzai. What's wrong? Look at that! There it is. It's further north than I expected. Go further right! So yeah, we're we're actually here. This is the 35th, if my math is correct, anniversary of Char's counterattack. And I know you guys are all saying, what? You haven't even finished covering the original Gundam. What are you guys doing covering Char's counterattack? Well, it's an anniversary episode, and we, we often do series way out of order and all kinds of stuff. And I know Mike was itching to talk about this for a long time. And then when I saw that it was, you know, an anniversary was forthcoming, I figured, you know what, we, we, we should just go ahead and bite the bullet and we can, we can do a podcast about this now. And I think, I don't know, like, like I, like I told the guys, I didn't really prep very much for this. Like, in terms of like notes or anything like that. I mean, I can, I can do the Justin synopsis, which is swiped from IMDB. You yep. want to hear that? Amaro Ray and Char Aznable settle their rivalry once and for all during the second Neo Zeon war period. The right. end. Like that's, that's the, like, that's the, I, the other thing I have to say about this is I, I think my usual go-to would be, if you haven't seen Char's Counterattack, go watch Car Char's Counterattack and come back and listen to this. But I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go one step further and go. If you haven't seen Char's Counterattack, go watch it like six or seven times, and then come back and and listen to this. Because I I don't know about you guys, but I I certainly like when I first watched this film, I was. I was kind of like, what did I just watch? I mean, the T-Sphere, like, is textbook fucking blue cupcake shit. Like, I, you know, I was like, 
what is this? What's going on? I don't understand it. And then and then there's the the kind of atypical Tomino storytelling where you you have to not not only I mean I knew you were making a joke about it before Mike, but Mike had shown us this, you know, home improvement like trilogy or whatever. And and I it's just this funny internet video, but there's a version of Char's counterattack where Char is uh, Tim Allen and, and, and Amaro is Al and all this crazy stuff, right? Human beings take Earth for granted. Don't respect it like they should. Al Borland, I'm about to do horrible things. I like problem solving. That's why I'm declaring war on Earth. I don't think so, Tim. Never give up, never And the reason why people, especially people that are Western, U.S.-based, like we, oh, I don't know, I, maybe this is just me, but 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 I, I don't think it's just me because, you know, I, I've, I've given people dissertations on Reconquista and G on this very show, so I, I don't think it's just me, but I think people have to have some kind of association to sort of identify with certain stories and characters and everything like that and 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 it's a funny version of that but but it's something that helps people i think maybe put two and two together sometimes as as silly as the the funny video is and i i just remember i th this came out e even though it's 35 years old this came out in 1988 in japan and we first got this uh, according to, you know, I can't even remember anymore, but I, I looked it up online. And according to online, this premiered on Cartoon Network in 2003. 14 years after the one-year war, Leon forces yearn for redemption. Char, the leader of this rabble, has hatched a plan. We will discipline the people who continue to live on Earth and eliminate the source of any wars in Earth's sphere. Under the guise of surrender, Zion will make their final assault. What are they up to? Char, what are you thinking? Deeming Earthlings so vile a creature, Char schemes to save the planet by destroying the people. The Earth cannot go on like this any longer. No one has the right to punish human beings that way. Only the Londo Bell, Amaro Ray, and his Gundam stand in their way. 
Mobile Suit Gundam. Charge. Counterattack. Saturday, January 4th at 11 p.m. An Adult Swim exclusive. Revenge is a dish best served cold. Now, I'm trying to remember. Maybe you guys can help me because I'm old and I don't remember shit. And I think this is the case. I, I think... I watched it on Cartoon Network, and then later a DVD came out, and I bought that and continued to watch it on DVD for repeated viewings. But I just wanted to double-check. Am I wrong about that? Did, did I buy the DVD first, and then it aired on Cartoon Network? You know, I, I was going to ask you about that, because I don't okay. remember either. Because like, I, I, don't, like, I, I, don't, I don't remember anymore. Like, like what, what I remember, I, I feel like I bought the DVD very soon after or maybe i bought the dvd first because i feel like i had the like my distinct memory is i watched it and went what the fuck did i just watch and then i like literally forced other friends of mine who did not like gundam to watch this movie and say like dude so what what, what did you see like what what, what did you get out of this because I just want to make sure, like, is it me? Like, am am I the stupid one, or 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 are things like convoluted and confusing at the end? And all the people I showed agreed that things were convoluted and confusing at the end. And I think, uh, just to back myself up, I think based on that interview that you linked us to with Tomino, he also is disappointed in the ending and thinks that it was rushed and he i think he eventually just says oh i had to let it go and it is what it is right like i mean that's that that was my takeaway from that that interview that that things did kind of and and it's not to say like this is bad you know because it's not it's not a bad movie i'm just saying i find how should i say this this is eminently rewatchable, but not rewatchable because you're in love with it or because you like it so much. It's eminently rewatchable because you can always pick up something new every time you watch it because of the way Tamino tells stories. And he's he's not he never talks down to his audience. He never, ever dumbs things down. He just tells the story the way he wants to tell it and if you miss something fuck you like that's that's how he tells stories yeah. right and that's that's and and what's what's genius about that and, and make and and i sort of in some ways i kind of appreciate it is when you go back and rewatch it that seventh eighth ninth twelfth time like i'm recommending you do eventually I mean, you know, you, you don't have to be a genius or anything. Eventually, it'll hit you like a bag of bricks and you'll be like, oh, like and 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 it could just be for something simple. Like, I think I think just recently I was rewatching it and I kind of just thought there's a line of dialogue about Quest biting the. Uh, I don't know, the concubine, the, the whoever it is of uh, of her father, you know, biting her hand. And I think I think this was one of the first times I was like, oh, yeah, she does bite her hand like she literally bites her hand on screen. But that scene goes by so quickly and they talk about it. And I just thought they were like talking about it, but you didn't actually see it. But actually, she does lunge for the woman and she does like literally bite her hand. But they don't make a big deal about it. But it actually it actually happens. You know what I mean? So it's like sometimes there's stuff like that where like sometimes it takes a while for for things to click, I think, 
it, it for me with Gundam, you know, like where I, I rewatch it and I, I apply certain, you know, whether it's historical kind of tropes or, you know, people in my life or whatever. And I can kind of, I can kind of understand thematically what they're going for by sort of applying like real world. Like, like I watch Gundam, like I used to method act, if that makes any sense, like where I would like, I would watch this and not completely understand it, but try to try to force it to make sense, you know, like, like be Batman, like you got to force shit to make sense or whatever. And like, and like, just, you know, put plug things into the, the story to where to me, it was comprehensible and, and something that I can sort of wrap my head around, if that makes sense. It's my destiny to enforce discipline. You're full of yourself. The Earth cannot go on like this any longer. Yeah, I guess we don't know whether, I, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking, I don't know, I'm, I'm questioning myself because I feel like if I had the opportunity to show it to other people, maybe I did have the DVD first because it, it wouldn't have been, I mean, unless I TiVo'd it or something weird and then I kept re-showing it to people. But I, I do remember just having that, that feeling of, uh, you know, I, I felt like disconcerted. Like, am I the stupid one? Like, am I not completely understanding what this T-Sphere thing is about? And and so I showed it to other people to be like, okay, you didn't understand this either, right? Like, and and that's that that's kind of was my gut reaction. I also think, I guess this is jumping ahead or whatever, but I guess I'm I'm doing kind of stream of consciousness because I didn't really prepare anything. But but I also feel like Tomino saying he was disappointed with the ending is almost reflective of like this is a franchise that was not so independent from Amuro and Char at this point, and and it was also concluding that portion of the franchise as well. And because of that, there's a lot of, I would say, anticipation, right? Like like the the, the IMDB sentence makes it sound very simple, like uh, finally ending, you know, Char and Amuro's rivalry. But that that's like a big deal in this franchise, you know? And, and I think to some people, you know, the way it ultimately ends, it's... It's definitive enough, but it's also vague enough that if Sunrise wanted to say, fuck you, Tamino, we're bringing back Char and Amuro, they could have easily, as as fucking stupid as that would have been, I, I think it was written into this, like built into this for them to have a back door. And because it's the final, fatal, final, fatal, final battle, but it sort of has a back door, like... There, there, there is an air of disappointment to that, as opposed to like, you know, something like Space Runway Ideon, where it's like, holy shit, even the baby got blown up. Do you know what I mean? Like, like that's there's like no coming back from that. Whereas I think if you did a some trickery, some flim flammery, like like if you really wanted them to, you could you could kind of tinker around and, and 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 in some cases i think with examples like full frontal in their own way they they did tinker around with it a little bit at least but i sorry i don't mean to monopolize like what, what when did you guys i mean i assume you guys saw this in 2003 ish like we all did right 
Yeah, probably around the same time you did. Like I, I, like I said, I couldn't remember if I watched it on Cartoon Network or I bought like, you know, I have a strong I think I still have the DVD. I have a strong recollection of like going to like whatever Suncoast or whatever mm. it was. And like, I think I reserved the DVD and it had, you know, the red like sleeve yep, with yep, Char's like that. the Xeon yeah. symbol mm -hmm. on it. Like, mm -hmm. so I, I remember buying the DVD and yeah. really like, so I can only assume Maybe that I got the DVD first because I, you know, maybe if I had watched it, I wouldn't have been so like super keen on it the first time. But like maybe since I owned it, I, I was compelled to keep watching it. Yeah. Yeah. I like, think I think maybe maybe I was misremembering or maybe I was influenced by the Internet saying it premiered on Cartoon Network on such and such a date. So, I mean, I probably... I, I think had it's the well, DVD and rewatched it, right? Yeah. Like I'll let Justin talk in a second, but I, I was just gonna say I think it's safe to say that all three of us saw it like after, right after we saw like Mobile Suit Gundam, and we, like obviously we saw Zeta and Double Zeta much, much later. Uh, uh, that's hmm. for me. I I know this is weird, but that's not entirely true. Like, okay, so I, you did? Did you see I, Zeta before this, sir? I I I saw select. Like th this was like in the early days of like Napster and shit. And like I had shit dial up Internet like I always laughed about it would take me, you know, days to download an episode of Beast Machines that was like released to Canada before the U.S. got it. But. One of my good buddies had like cable Internet, like lightning, you know, at the time, I, I don't know what the 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 upload download load rate was back then but compared to dial up it was like freaking you know light speed or whatever right and so what i did was i said hey is it cool if i if i come over and i download some shit and he's like yeah that's fine like we can hang out and do whatever and i helped them do some things or whatever and in the background i found you know whatever sites i would go to whether it was like IRC or, you know, I don't know what, whatever it was back then. Like, so I would look shit up and be like, Oh, who has, you know, who has this fan subbed, uh, Gundam shit. And I didn't have every single episode of Zeta, but I think I was able to get like the first 21 episodes. And then it got scattershot to where, you know, I, I had like some episodes in the forties and the last episode. So like, I, I knew enough to know, like, like some of the dialogue that Amuro has, which I, I feel like is like a, how do I say, like a, a, a continuity stamp on the original story. Because I, I mean, I, sorry, I feel like I'm going all over the place, but like, you know how this, I, I feel like, and I don't know if this is apocryphal or what, but I, I feel like part parts of this or the blueprint of Char's counterattack was written to conclude the original Mobile Suit Gundam series. But then they made Zeta and they made double Zeta. And in Zeta, Char is kind of presented as a good guy, or at least fighting on the side of the angels and all that other kind of stuff as Quattro Pagina or whatever, right? And so there are some lines of dialogue from Amuro and Char's counterattack where he says, oh yeah, he, he worked with, people on the earth federation but also saw how corrupt those earth federation people were the titans etc right and that made him hate the earth even more and then we go back to this 
you know, Char's going to drop an asteroid on the fucking Earth and be done with these guys, right? And so, like, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to sit here and be like, dude, I saw the whole fucking thing before I watched Towers Counterattack, but I downloaded enough of it that I, I understood the general gist of what happened in Zeta and what Char did in between that time. Hurry. Lieutenant! Do not close this meeting. Huh? I have something I'd like to say first. This is unauthorized. Hold it. Huh? We'll be using this stage. Saboteurs! We're from the AU. What is this? Quiet, let the men talk. I'd like to start by asking the forgiveness of the Assembly members and all Federation citizens. We mean no disrespect by taking over this meeting. I am Lieutenant Quattro Bagina of the Anti-Earth Union Group. Get out! Stop the broadcast! Are you taking us all hostage? I won't listen to this! Get a shot of them! There's one more thing I must disclose before I say what I came to say. I have another name. I'm also the man who was known as Shar Aznable. Huh? Is this scoundrel really Zeon's Red Comet? I have come to you today as someone who carries within him the true aspirations of Zeon. Do not think of me as Shar of the Principality of Zeon, but rather as the son of Zeon Daikun. He's Zeon Daikun's son? The Ayug! We can't let them get away with this sort of thing. Zeon Daikun's legacy has He's nothing lying. to do with Terrorist. the Terrorists, stop interrupting and let him finish his Zeon speech. Zeon Daikun did Listen, not build the principality woman. of Zeon. When one sees how the Titans do as they please with the Earth Federation forces, it becomes apparent that they are more depraved than the Zabi family ever was. Enough of him. All units scrap. Level 1 battle alert. Unidentified aircraft have entered restricted airspace. Humanity went to space so that the planet would not collapse under the weight of the people on it. Once there, they flourished, expanding their living space as they built more colonies on their own. Unfortunately, their success filled them with hubris and dreams of glory, creating evils like the zombie family. We mustn't repeat that mistake. Why won't people understand that their horizons will be expanded by moving into space? The Titans are doing that as well. We believe that humanity should no longer pollute the Earth. But the Titans, whose souls are pulled down by gravity, think only of ravaging it. Why is it so hard for people to understand? Where are their communications facilities? We fought together, Shar. Why do you want to destroy the Earth now? And the people who remain on Earth do nothing but pollute it, because their souls are weighed down by gravity. So that's why married couples fight with each other. I gather you must have had some pretty terrible memories for you to hate Earth as you do, Quessair. You seem drawn to me. I'm curious to know why. Back there, what you said about the human soul being weighed down by gravity? Those words, that's exactly how I feel. But you know, I can't help but think that people who really understand this stuff are kind of tragic. I'm just walking the path that I truly believe in. A swan. I saw it fly. And then Amaro shouted, and then I also shouted. Then right after that, you appeared. Is that why you betrayed Amaro and the others? <laughs> I met them by coincidence. I mean, I wasn't really even friends with them or anything. Do you think Char will seriously go through with this insane plan to freeze the Earth? He's already accomplished his first major step. He won't be able to send the Earth into an ice age unless he can drop another asteroid directly onto the planet. However, the Federation forces control everything within the moon's orbit, down to the smallest rock. 
And that's why he's pushing to get Sweetwater recognized as Neo-Zeon territory. Oddenauer Pariah is here for negotiations? I believe so. Char once joined our fight against the elite forces of the Federation government. It let him understand more about those people who remained on Earth, to the point that now he truly hates them. Yes, I realize that. So now, he's determined to put an end to it once and for all. Yeah, I just, I, I just wanted to, like, I was like, I was just wondering what, what kind of context there was, because, like, you, you can go from the original straight to Char's counterattack. I just think, you know, Zeta probably adds, like, a, a new dimension to it, like, but... But but yeah, Justin, what like what about you? Same as you guys. I watched it about 2003. A buddy of mine from high school, he bought the DVD and he was like, "Hey man, come on over." We were both out of high school, so we were didn't get to see each other that often. But um, you know, I he told me what he had, and I came over and we watched it, and I was like, "Okay, uh, I liked it, and I think the animation is still beautiful to this day. It's like this and Akira." still have like amazing animation i think i have like things that bother me about the story to this day i hadn't seen any of zeta or double zeta i don't i don't even know if i knew those existed mm. but um and even to this day like having watched those series i still feel like there's a small piece of the puzzle missing like that line of dialogue about char seeing the corruption like that's a nice little bridge but it's like a bridge made of rope like i need like something made of steel that i can go across because like he the char of zeta and the char in this film it's like they're like night and day and i i've always wanted some kind of story to bridge the gap like if he saw corruption like i want a story where like he was working with some guy and they were friends and he finds out like the guy is like the ultimate sleazy dirt bag of you know federation or earth or he's some corp you corrupt corporate dude and you know he you know he kills the guy and covers it up and that's the end of quattro vagina and that leads him to the path of you know returning to being char and neo zeon and stuff like i've always wanted something like that but like you know kind of like you guys are saying like me and my buddy watched it and we were like that was good right Right, and we I don't think we watched it again, but I think we ended up like talking about it like every time we would mm -hmm. hang out, it's like we would keep like thinking about it. It's like it's it's one of those movies like you watch and you think about it, and you're like, well, wait a minute, because there's so much going on. And like Derek yeah. said, it's like the thing about the biting. I I remember that dialogue. I've never seen Quest bite. The I'm, I'm telling you, I've seen this. Movie I believe you over a dozen times, and yeah. this was the first time I fucking noticed. Oh wait, she actually bites her in the goddamn car, like, and and that's that's the kind of shit where you're like, wait a minute, like, it's always been there. It just yeah. it just happened so fast, and 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 things are just going along, and they don't they don't highlight it it's not like she's a fucking vampire in blade blood doesn't go squirting everywhere like kill bill it's just it's just this quick like motion jerky oh it's done but it happens and it's like that yeah i mean i mean that's that that's always who he's been how he's been i mean in in some ways i mean the the, the things that have always stood out to me about this movie are are some of the lines of dialogue because I, I feel like 
they resonate with me so strongly. And and what you're what you're talking about is you, you end up discussing it, right? And it's like this this might not be the most clearest story told to a audience, especially a Western audience, on film, but it's a very thought-provoking film. And that is what causes you to go back for repeated viewings, or at least in my case, go back for repeated viewings, because I keep watching this, and it, it it's stuff that makes me think about things... The, the themes that come up in the interview that Mike shared with us, like themes of men as protectors, uh, themes of women as, I don't know, ship jumpers. I don't know what the hell to call them, but but things like that. Right. Betrayal, I guess, is the is the the word that comes up in the interview. And then. The, the line of dialogue to me that resonated with me the most in this entire movie is, and I've probably used this clip in the podcast a bunch of times or whatever already, but I love that clip when Amaro and Char are, they disembark off their ships, they're in access, and they're they're trying to whack each other in the middle of access while Amaro's trying to help set up those charges and all that other stuff. And Amaro talks about intellectuals, and he says... Revolutions are typically started by intellectuals, but their goals are so fucking outrageous, so out of the fucking blue crazy that they could never hope to achieve them. So naturally those revolutions fail or they are compromised. And when that happens, then they all go back to being the same mindless fucking drones that they revolutionized against in the first place. But true intellectuals recognize that stupid pattern and they reject politics and all that stuff and become recluses because they know there's nothing they can fucking do about it. And I can't tell you, maybe this is just me, my hubris, going like, hey, bro, Amro, I'm an intellectual, and I totally hear what you're saying, you know? You gotta have better instincts if you plan to breathe new life into the world. Revolutions are dreamt up by intellectuals, but their aims are so unrealistic, they'll stoop to drastic measures. The radio signals, from where? Following the revolution, the worthy passions for rebirth are swallowed up by bureaucracy and mediocrity. Intellectuals dislike this, so they disassociate themselves from society and politics to become reclusive. I'm not planning to breathe new life into the world. And and it was like one of those things where it just pinged with me super strongly. And I think the second line that pinged with me super strongly, and I've always believed this about men for whatever reason, but Shar has that line of dialogue when he's talking to Nanai, and he says that, I forget the exact line, but it's something along the lines of, you know, men that are identical or similar, they they're they 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 become natural antagonists or enemies or whatever because they're so like people that are so similar hate each other. Basically, is what he's saying. What's the matter? Those who are too much alike will end up hating each other. And like, I always thought that in terms of you know I don't know for my. For my drama nerds out there, like that's how I always viewed Hamlet, because Hamlet and Laertes and Fortinbras, like they're all the same. They're all the same dude. It's just Hamlet gets the 
the lion's share of the lines or whatever. But but Laertes is a contemporary with Hamlet, and Fortinbras is a contemporary with Hamlet, and it's like it, it, it's like you know I don't know like Batman and Rachel Ghoul and and freaking you know I don't know Mark Spector or you know what whatever that archetype is like all all those guys are basically the same, and if you put the two or three of them in a room together they're naturally going to come into conflict because they all think they're the smartest fucking guy in the room. And that's ultimately where this, I don't know, this Plato's hierarchy of, of men goes. It's like the, 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 the questions that you end up having is who's, who's top of the food chain in this movie? You know, is it Char or is it Amaro? Is it could Amaro be the top of the food chain? But he's decided to temper that I don't know expectation or lifestyle just so he can have a comfortable life. Is Char the top of the food chain, but at the cost of abusing and manipulating everything in his sphere to where he has like no no true love no no real friends no you know uh, aspirations other than vengeance you know what i mean like like so i don't know like it, it, all, all those things uh, seem interesting to me because tomino in that interview talks about men as protectors and historically men as protectors right that 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 once war started and because women gave birth to children. It's like, well, the women don't go fight wars because they need to give birth to children and the men go off and fight the wars, right? And then you have this uh, patriarchal society where men go out and quote unquote earn earn bread, you know, earn the living for the family unit and all that kind of stuff, right? And he's talking about that. And it's applicable in this to where you've got these pairings of people and if you examine all the pairings through that lens, right, there's to, to me, I mean, I mean, I guess there's variances of it. But to me, I feel like as a man, I've been at the different what I'm going to call Plato levels of of, I don't know, manly love or whatever, like 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 where the lowest rung is Hathaway. Hathaway liked a girl. The girl didn't quite like him back the same way. The girl abandoned Hathaway. He was scarred and wounded. He wants to get her back, but cannot. She dies, kind of Gwen Stacy style almost, and she becomes kind of a martyr to him. He can never recapture that, but he's going to eventually go further up the hierarchy, but Hathaway's at the lowest level. The next level is Gunai. Gunai is not as much of a simpy bitch as Hathaway, right? But he recognizes, I don't know, something special about Quest, wants to be with Quest, but even if he's not with Quest, he's still fulfilling that protector role. He's actually trying to protect Quest from Char. Because Char, as everybody likes to make fun of, is a fucking lowly con, right? Supposedly, right? So he thinks he's protecting her, right? Fulfilling that role as a protector. So he's one step up this 
this hierarchy. Now, the question, which I've never really answered, which you, you guys can, can go off from here, but to me, the top level is Amuro slash Char. But there's a distinction between Amuro and slash Char. They're not the same. Amuro... Well, let me start with Char. Char is a Fanora character, right? He's he's the Wolverine. He's the, you know, I don't know, the, the, the total ladies' man or whatever, right? Like, I think Char has certain advantages over Amuro. The advantages being he's probably better looking than Amuro. Ladies probably swoon over Char. He's the type of guy he can hold Quest's hand and say, shall we go? And Quest, like, creams her pants and runs off with them, right? Like, that's not just based on new type force flim flammery or whatever. Some of that, and this is talked about in Tamino's interview, so I'm not just, you know, pulling this out of my asshole or whatever, but some of that is based on that sexual subtext that they talk about where it's not explicitly said outright but it's there it's it's like the scenes where chan's in the cockpit of the new gundam with amuro and they're sitting in the same cockpit and she's snuggling with them and all that other stuff like they don't fuck in the gundam cockpit but it's it's goddamn intimate in that gundam cockpit like there's some there's some intimacy that's shared that, you know, if some other asshole was in the cockpit, they wouldn't be snuggling like that in the cockpit. You know what I mean? And and they're in the cockpit. So, again, subtext. But but the uh, Char is that type of guy that you were friends with that that could get girls based on just his good looks or his charm or his swagger or whatever. Right. And I think, I think every dude wishes he was a char or, or, or has aspirations to be a char, but not every, it's like, it's like when they say on the, what the internet these days, like you're a Chad or whatever, like, like a char is a Chad, right? Like this, this good looking dude that can get chicks just by snapping his fingers. <laughs> Only one and, letter off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the Japanese version of Chad, right? Like, like, like he's got that that charisma and and that that swagger and dynamic and everything like that. And you can see it in like who he surrounds himself with, and 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 he does he does the the difference between Amuro and Char, I think, is when I say like Laertes, Hamlet and Fortinbras are all contemporaries and they all would learn to hate one another. Like that's true of Amaro and Char, but I think the distinction between like, instead of them all thinking they have to be the smartest dude in the room, like the, the Char, he has to be the most desired man in the room. He has to be the Chad bro. And you know what I mean? Like, like if he, if he's, if he's, if Char is at a party, it's it's like those stupid fucking um um chibi Gundam animes I had you watch where where all the the girl chicks like swoon over Char at the 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 prom dance or what you know what I mean like that's that's that dynamic with him he's got that animal magnetism and he can't have anybody else draw someone else away from that animal magnetism and that's why he fucking hates Amaro so much because Amaro's not that cool, but he's 
intelligent and he's smart and he's more, I think he's a better pilot than Char and he's smarter than Char and Lala loved him more. And Char can't fucking handle that. Like, it just doesn't fucking connect with him, right? And there's all that shit that's going on. And I guess the distinction, like, I, I think Amuro and Char are still that top level, right? But they, there's, there's, Char has the animal magnetism. I feel like Amuro, and I, I feel like this is especially indicative in watching the Japanese language version of this film. It doesn't make uh, it's unfair. I don't want to I don't want to slam the dub or anything like that because I like the dub. But the the Japanese language, the way Amuro talks with Chan, and he can change at the drop of a hat, is reflective of who he's learned to be. Like. He he used to be like Hathaway. He used to be that level one. He used to yell and scream at Frau Bo and not not get everything. He was a confused kid and all this other stuff, right? But now he's what fifteen years older. Like I, I assume these guys are in their late twenties or or almost thirty, right? And it's been a long time, right? And Amaro, I I find it like a hard how to express this, but Amaro has learned how to curtail his emotional impulses because he's a man. He doesn't just get into these teenage kitty outbursts anymore. And when Chan says things to him, like normally you're very nice like this, but sometimes you can be very cold. That's the distinction. When Amaro is quote unquote cold, he's curtailing those petty child, like he's not happy, but that's him on his best behavior, not mewling and whining and screaming like a little fucking shit, but it's him having that discomfort with whatever the scenario is, but he can also fake it and that's why th th it's almost like it it's a crack in his uh you know how people they say oh you got a different face with different people you're with you know Derek has a certain face with with Justin and Mike when they're they're talking on the air but if you if you put Derek on a phone with um with someone he has to work with on a daily basis then all of a sudden there's not so much swagger there's not so much cursing it's just like hi how are you? Can I help you with something today? And and that's how Amaro treats Chan. And and that's how he retains Chan and and enjoys her company. It's it's I, I it's weird because Chan, I guess, is a replacement for Belta Chica or whatever, but like I almost feel like, and I I'm curious what Justin thinks about this, but I I almost feel like the relationship between Amaro and Chan is how the relationship between him and Frau Bo could have been had Amaro been adult, like, you know, how we had that conversation, you know, about him reflecting on it and Zeta, like, had I, had I been adult enough to recognize what you were offering me and, and what, what we could have had, like, I, I should have, 
I should have taken you up on that, but I was stupid and young and didn't understand or whatever. And I feel like because of that experience, he's he's not taking Chan for granted, even though maybe she's not the perfect woman, which, again, goes back to my whole Hathaway started at the lowest rung. But by the time we see him in Hathaway's flash, he's now at that top rung where he can he can waver back and forth between being a Char and being an Amaro. Do you know what I mean? He, he, he can, you know, go after the, the dangerous girl, but he also has a nice sweet girl waiting for him at home on the boat. Right. Like, so I don't know. Anyway, sorry. I, 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 I blabber on too long, but uh, do you guys have any thoughts on, on that? Like men as protectors or Frau Bo versus Chan or, or any, any of the nonsense I've been, splurting out oh i got a couple things like to address that you touched on and like one and i'm going way back because you were talking for a long time but uh <laughs> sorry it's a, it's no it's okay i this is why i wrote notes down for this because i figured you had a lot of thoughts on this movie and i do too so i was like let me let me address some of the things you you talked about and then uh yeah like well like you said like you know tamino's directing style is very very subtle and very like 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 you said he doesn't hold your hand and i watched the, this movie twice in the last two weeks and it's probably that probably brings my like count of watching this movie up to maybe i don't know like 10 to 12 times total maybe so like and now like now like it's like now that i am i am i have unlocked like the 12th rewatch of like char's <laughs> counterattack it's like i noticed like i think i'm up to like you know, I've I've gotten like ninety five percent of the achievements like this time or something. Mm. Like I, I've noticed a lot more things, uh, things that have uh like you know that eluded me before, things that I didn't quite get or like. Like I think it's fun. I was gonna joke to you guys. Like I always joke like, oh, who cares? Chan died. It's Chan. Like she was just like you know a replacement. But I like this like these these rewatches it's like i finally unlocked you like chan now like achievement like you know you you like and understand <laughs> chan now like you know so but i i was going to say like to me even though this was you know relatively young in gundam's like history like you know it was intended as like you know a, a like ending point almost for uc or at least this version of uc so there are like callbacks and fan service, but it's not like, you know, the fan service you would get today in like a MCU movie or whatever. Like, it's like, look at this thing and we're going to hold on it for like five fucking minutes so the audience can clap at it or whatever. It goes by like in a split second and like you don't notice it until it's like, you know, on, you know, like I said, the 12th rewatch or whatever. Like one of the things I noticed and you kind of brought it up when you talked about Amaro and Char being very similar and that's why they can't get along. Um, and I had to like look this up and like look this scene up in Zeta to see if I was remembering it correctly. And I only noticed it, I think this time, but look at my avatar, like the scene where Char's like, like reflecting on the liquor glass. Like I, I, I was like, wait a minute. And I had to look it up online and sure enough, I looked at the the last episode of Zeta Gundam where Char and Amaro talk to each other face to face. And sure enough, that's the conversation where they're leaning against a wall like in the ship and sharing a glass of liquor. 
And I'm like, is that a callback to that? And I'm like, it has to be because he's thinking about Amuro like yeah. at that. Like that, that's that was what he's talking about. Yeah, that's, that's what he hates. The, yeah, uh huh. So like that's incredibly like subtle like fan service like you know like a callback to that. Congratulations on a successful operation. Thank you very much. But I couldn't have done it without the help of everyone involved. A very good speech. Yes, it was. What's the matter? Nothing. Because of what you did today, the Ayug and Karba have rediscovered their motivation. That's true. But I've had to give up my own freedom in exchange. <laughs> I see your point. Yeah. But we're trying to get the people of Earth to move up to space. A task of that magnitude is going to require a sacrifice or two. So I'm a human sacrifice? Well, isn't that your family tradition? And then, like, another thing I noticed, like, another, like, you know, some, like, again, incredibly subtle, but it, it tells you exactly, like, you know, it's a characterization moment, and it tells you exactly where, you know, who Char, Char is and how he treats people. And and I got to give the English dub credit, because they did a good job on this, too. Like, when, when, I think it's when Quest, like, jumps into his cockpit, like, does the stupid, like, outer space somersault, oh, like, yeah. into his... And, like, when she, like, hugs him and he says, like, oh, like, you know, you've got real new type feelings, like, that a girl. And he says, that a girl. And then when he leaves for the last time to go, like, pilot to Sazabi and, like, you know, fight Amaro, like, he says he says to Nanai, like, you know, hey, I need you on this bridge, like, covering me. And she's like, okay, like, Captain Shar. And he says, that a girl. And he says yep. it in the exact same yep. way he yep. said it to Quest. And you know then that he's but using the nigh too. Like he's that's like he's, that's that's why that that's why I'm saying I'm not saying it's an admirable goal, but I'm just saying every dude secretly wishes they were a fucking Chad. Like everybody wishes they could be like I mean, Char is a fucking pimp, literally. Like, that's my girl. Do you know what I mean? And and the the kicker of it is he doesn't fucking care about any of them. None of them. Like, like I, and, and I, I guess I get what Justin's saying. Like where, I mean, I, I've always seen this, like this arc as this kind of comic booky thing. I, I see it as Magneto in, you know, Jack Kirby, John Byrne, X-Men, the villain Magneto as the, the headmaster in the purple suit with the big white M on his chest. That's the headmaster. Good guy. That's, that's Quattro. And then to me, the, the stopgap on it without driving yourself fucking nuts is the end of Morrison's new X-Men run where he's like, I'm a base villain. I'm fucking evil. Get that through your head. And he's the bad guy at the end of that arc. And and that's the same as this, where he, you know, I mean, I think you were just saying it, Mike, but he's like, sense me, Amaro. I'm I'm planning something extremely wicked. You know what I mean? Like, I'm about to do something really fucking bad. Like, come come get me like because because that's that's why I'm doing this, you know, and it made me think on what Justin was saying, like what, what's the rationale and things you wished you had seen. And I, I don't know exactly what episode it is, but you know, the, 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 
one of, I'm not saying it's the only one, but one of the key moments in Zeta is when Quattro reveals himself as Z on Zoom, you know, as Casval, right? Like, like, do you remember that scene? Like in Zeta, he comes into this room full of Earth Federation guys. Like they're all the politicians and all like those are all the corrupt assholes he's talking about that he can't stand. And he goes in and is like, look, like the Titans are fucking shit up. I, you know, I forget the exact details of the scene, but he takes off his shades and is like, I am unmasked onto my God, you know, the whole thing. Right. And I think all those guys fucking backstab him like like he he's trying to reach out and as an olive branch. Like I used to be this guy, but, but I'll, I'll try to change my ways and turn around. If you can, if you can help us out with this shit. And those guys all just return that favor by stabbing in the, in the back and selling them out to Haman and all those other guys. So that by the end of it, not only do most people think he's dead by the end of Zeta, but then the, the one person that, that he, aside from Lala, that he had some, spiritual connection with I'd say is Camille and Camille is a fucking vegetable you know like like to me I mean and, and this is not this is not like a big argument or whatever like I get what you're saying like you wanted something else but to me those two things are more than enough you know what I mean to like to like make I, him I think switch like, back to to the person the the, the bad guy I'm the villain person. You know? I, th I think I told you this like last week, but I was like looking at all these like old like video game cutscenes and stuff. And like Justin, you were saying like you, you wish there was a little more like a more of a rope bridge between mm -hmm. like Char and like in his characterization. Well, like there's a scene in like the Char's counterattack game for like PlayStation 2 or something where it's like they try to do that, like where it's they have like a scene set after like right after Zeta ends where it's like the wreckage of the Hayaku Shiki like floating through space and like Char gets out of the cockpit and he senses that Camille is like gone, like, you know, his mind's gone. He's like a vegetable. And he pretty much decides like at that moment, like his all his hope is gone. Like he is last like bit, you know, Camille was like, you know, he probably saw the future in Camille. Like, you know, he was, you know, someone who gave him hope. And like, he, he was like, well, look, they just took my hope away. So guess what? Like, fuck you guys then, you know, I'm gonna, you know, I'm, we're, I'm gonna do what I gotta do now. So like, I, I feel like that one scene is like, you know, that maybe that's not like, you know, as good of a bridge, but it stabilizes it a little bit more. Like maybe that's just my Western mindset where I, you know, you, you see characters who are antagonist and then they grow to fight side by side. And then you, there's a gap in storytelling and then they're back to being antagonists. Like my my mind goes to that gap. Like I want that gap filled in with something, something a little bit more tangible. Maybe maybe that's me, or maybe that's like my you know the Western mindset versus you know the Eastern mindset of storytelling and everything. I don't I don't know. I, it would be interesting if if you could do like a what if like it's like what if uh, Frau Bo was in this film and like what if you know. Uh, Camille was in this film like how would well, things that, play out that, like that would be really was, like because to me Frau Bo the, the closest equivalent is Chan right mm -hmm. well the closest equivalent to Camille is Gunai you know what I mean like like if, if Camille was going to be in this movie 
There's, he, there's he, all those rumors that yeah. he was in, originally intended to be like in mm. like I think the rumor was that like, you know, Char would have him like would like fix his brain damage with like the cyber new type enhancement or whatever. And that's why he'd be Camille would be all like whacked out for this movie or something. But then I think they decided, no, we don't want to do that to Camille. So that's why they like Tomito decided to create like Yune. That would have been really interesting. I don't know if I would like that as the the end for Camille, but I it, I think like as far as like telling a a complete story, like that would be a little bit more complete for me, maybe. You were saying about what ifs. Like I I read too that like I was like reading on TV Tropes's page for like Char's counterattack, and they were talking about like in video games how there's like I think it's like. Uh, uh, you know that series? Like, I think it was only released in Japan. It's called like Garen's Greed. It's like a mil like yeah. a military like strategy. It games. was it was like a yeah. double disc thing. I think. Yeah, like but like there's there's a there's what if scenarios for like you know tons of stuff in that game. And one of the what ifs is what if like Gune successfully pulled off that like hostage hostage situation, and he gets Amuro to surrender and captures him and like ends the whole war without like firing a shot or whatever. Like Lando Bell like loses without Amuro on the field. And like the, the what if scenario is like oh, Gune becomes like a hero for Neo Zeon, but Char is completely and utterly crushed because Gune like <laughs> took away his like you know epic duel that he was like setting up like with Amaro and whatever and like it's like Char just fades into like you know depression and like whatever but like I, I always thought that was kind of funny but I that's interesting because you see Char like in some of his quiet or true moments I see but the same humans who hold this warmth are still cruel enough to destroy their own planet you must understand that Amaro that's our purpose. We gotta show the world the light within the human heart. <clears throat> For a man who thinks that way, you were awfully called to Quest. Give me a break. I'm a human being. I couldn't be a surrogate father to Quest. Is that the reason? Is that why you use Quest like she was a machine? All right. So Quest was searching for a father figure. Now, I see why I found her a nuisance and turned her into a machine. I thought you were more broad-minded. She was just confused. Lala Soon was a young woman who may very well have become a mother to me. You took away her life, so don't you dare judge me! Like, at the end of the movie, when he tells Amuro, like, he thought Quest was annoying, like, that's real. Like, all the stuff that uh, Char is saying to Gunai and Quest and Nanai, like, he, he's, he's manipulating them. He's telling them exactly what they need to hear to keep them from killing each other. Like, he's keeping them off balance. He knows exactly how to play them. But when he tells Amuro, like, he found Quest annoying, like, you know that's real. So, like, Char becoming depressed because this guy, like, took his glory, I kind of feel like that, like, that rings true to me. Like, I could easily see him, like, sitting in the dark with the, you know, the glass of liquor, and he's just like, fucking Gunai, how did it come to this? And he just, you know, <laughs> he never leaves that room, and no one ever hears from him again. Like, I could, I, I could see that, like, if... Like if this movie didn't didn't end in the giant T Sphere Aurora light show, like if like if Axis is pushed away or whatever or goes into subspace or whatever, and you're left with like you know Char and Amaro like floating around in the remains of the new Gundam, and they pull them out of there, it's like 
you know, if if Char manages to survive and he's not like assassinated or made a martyr, like I could easily see him like spending the rest of his life like hiding out on the moon somewhere in some like little, you know, hideaway hole or something and not having any contact with anybody for the rest of his life. Like just the fact that he failed and the fact that Amaro was able to subvert his plans and everyone around him is dead. Like I, I could just say that just crushing him because it, I don't know. It feels like even though he's like, you know, Derek saying he like, he's, he's the top, like he's the man, he's the Chad. Like it also feels like it's fragile. Like it, like he's, oh, he's seconds is. away. Like he's seconds yeah. away from teetering off the top and just being shattered into nothing despite by all his plans or like someone like Gunai. Well, that that's the thing. That's the problem with being the 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 top pimp, right? There's somebody always mm-hmm. looking to be next top pimp, right? Like, and it doesn't take much, right? Like, and and that's why, I mean, in some ways, I mean, it's like you. That that's why it's a weird thing to say. It's like it's like you wish you could do that, but then I think that that's why I think Amaro's more intelligent because he's beyond that. And I think, to me, at least my my personal takeaway is Hathaway learns that same lesson, right? Where it's like it's not really all it's cracked up to be. What's better is to, you know, to 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 have somebody that you you trust or somebody that you you know, think is actually going to look out for your best interests and you're not always watching your back or always having to play people like they're fucking musical instruments, you know, like they're violins or something, you know, it's like, I mean, there's, there's some aspect of that, I think with Amaro and Hathaway, but it's, it's, it's very precise and calculated and it's not done. This is just my interpretation, but it's not done out of malice. It's it's done out of love. And that's the difference. Right. Like, because I think, you know, I don't think, you know, it's it's like what you said. I don't think Char loves anyone. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, who, who, who I mean, other than his sister, who else is there left for him to love? You know what I mean? And I guess that's something of interest, which is like, you know. Do people always want to ask questions like, I mean, some people want to ask, oh, where's Camille? Where's Judal? Where's whoever? But I mean, I feel like the big elephant in the room is where the fuck is Selah? You know, like, yeah, well, you know, it's like it's sad because like I think like like Selah's not in anything else other than like, you know, the original and like I think some like cameo appearances in like double Zeta yeah, she's where she has a couple Zeta. speaking round, a couple like speaking roles. Because I think, like, her actress had, like, cancer and she just couldn't, like, perform or whatever after that. So, like, you know, it's kind of sad that that's why they kind of had to write her out for the most part. But, but yeah, you're right, though. Like, I mean, character-wise, though, she's super important to Char. And, you know, aside from, like, that flashback, she doesn't even show up in this movie, so. Well, I mean, even even besides being important to Char, like, you know, they, they talk about, you know, they've got all these... OVAs and movies where, you know, it's like Minerva Zabi is the secret princess and, you know, all, all these AUs, you know, so-and-so, Relina Peacecraft is the secret fucking, you know, queen and all this other stuff, right? Like, I mean, if 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 Char can declare himself Casval, right? Like, certainly Artesia could have come back as well right but it it just seems like you know maybe artesia is doing what 
Char did in that what if, like she just faded away and drank herself into obscurity because she's super sad or something. I don't know. But it's just like she's she's nowhere to be found in this, which uh, admittedly, there's a lot of craziness, you know, going on. And and like we said, this is something you you need repeated viewings to follow all the the nuances and and intricacies of what's what's happening. Right. But I mean, you know, I, I you know, it's I, I guess like Tamino says, you know, some of it, it is what it is. Right. Like there, you can't change it or anything. I was another, I was going to just another funny ass thing about Gune. Uh, like I read on TV tropes, like, like some interview with his actor. And I guess like that was one of his first like major roles. Like he was a young, you know, upstart voice actor. And he was like, he didn't really know Gundam that much, but you know, it's a big role. So he took it. And like, you know, his first day on like recording with like Shuichi Ikeda, and, like, he was all excited because he was like, oh, like, you know, Char's the big heavy, like, and I'm going to be a bad guy like Char, and I'm going to be, you know, and he was like, he went up to, you know, he was like, I went up to Akeda sensei and I was like, oh, let's be, like, good bad guys together or whatever. And, like, Shuichi Akeda, like, got fucking enraged with them and said, like, you think Gundam is about good guys and bad guys, you dumbass? Like, why'd you take this job, like, if, if you don't understand Gundam? Like, and, like, he was like, oh, I was all, like, sad and shit. And, like, you know, they had to talk me off a ledge. And, like, eventually, like, you know, I went and made amends to, like, Akeda sensei and said, I'm sorry, like, you know, I understand it now and whatever. But, like, he was like, that was, like, my first day recording. Like with the character, but like I thought, you know, that was like a funny story I read about. Sounds, that. sounds like he was going through his uh, quest phase or something. Yeah, but but I think like you know when I first saw it, like this movie, I was kind of like I thought like kind of all those characters involved in that like love triangle were like annoying and shit, like you know Gune, Quest, and Hathaway or whatever. But now you know I kind of see it as oh like. Tamino is trying to do like redo or tell a parallel like with like Char, Lala and Amaro yeah, basically. Yeah. But it's it's all fucked up and warped now because, you know, they they they're coming like second generation or whatever. So, you know, none of them are like like you said, Hathaway is like on the bottom rung and like their Quest and Gune aren't too much higher. Like they're they're equally like, you know, misleading to themselves well, that, and that, stuff. That's but. what's I found interesting, which is hard for me to wrap my head around in that interview you linked us to, where they talk about betrayal and Tamino says, Well, a woman wouldn't consider that a betrayal. And 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 you can't apply the same rationale of betrayal i mean he doesn't say this but this seems to be the the subtext of that comment is what men would consider a betrayal between men women wouldn't give a second thought to and it comes down to that whole i don't know matriarchal protector what what, whatever you want to call it that that societal thing of if if you're not dicking your woman good enough if you're not giving her money good enough if you're not um, protecting her, if you're not a capable knight in shining armor defender, like if you don't if you don't provide in all those arenas, then she has every right to forfeit the contract of your relationship and go pursue someone who can fulfill those obligations. That's that seems to be the underlining, you know, subtext of that whole thing, and. If you go and listen to what 
Quest says, it, it was stuff that would enrage me as a 20-something. You know, she'd say, oh, I wasn't, I wasn't really hanging out with those guys. Like, I just know them for five minutes. You know, and, and Char's the one who calls it a betrayal. He says, you betrayed your friends to come with me. And she says, oh, no, I, you know, I only knew them for a little while. Like, I'm not betraying them. And that's, I guess, from her point of view, I guess that's true. Do you know what I mean? And 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 I think I think that's, you know, of course, the big elephant in the room is like fucking Quest, right? I mean, I, I, I think it it's it's one of those things where it's it's a little minmay, you know, like like the 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 moth drawn to the flame type thing. I mean, I guess to to get on uh, womankind's good side, I, I think it's it, it probably goes heavily overlooked in anyone's discussion of this film. But all the scenes with Mirai, I feel, are like vitally important to this movie because she went through certain aspects of that. Um, I don't know, ship jumping or whatever you want to call it in the original Gundam, you know, like she was into Slager before she was into Bright. And there is the callback, the 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 fan service, quote unquote, if you will, to Cameron Bloom, right, who was her fiance at some point. But she ends up with Bright. But in this, I mean, she's. A loving wife, a good mother. She sends her son off because he's going to carry on the family line. She sticks with her daughter and sees that they live through this whole thing, whether there's asteroids exploding or whatever's going on, right? And in some ways, I feel like that protector aspect never left Cameron Bloom, even though he's not her husband anymore. He still remembers Mirai fondly. And if he hated her or was bitter, he wouldn't have fucking came to Bright and warned him that Char was in the colony in the first place. Right. Like, so I, I don't know. To me, that's all, you know, it's this thing where you put shit together in your head and it's like very mind blowing because you're sitting there going like, look, the, the protector instinct is so strong in the male of the species that even when they are not contractually obligated to protect, they will protect. Like, that. I mean, I, I, I you know, that's just something that's, you know, to me, in my mind, where, I, and in some ways, it's funny because he's not dysfunctional, he's not a bad guy, you know, who knows? Maybe he has his own wife. Like, I don't even think we know his story or whatever, but he he makes that decision based on the fact that he still remembers Mirai fondly, you know? So I, I don't know. that To me, that's mind-blowing because that's that's an arc of a a what if that could easily change. Like what if, what if Cameron thought Mirai was a piece of shit? Do you know what I mean? Then that could have totally changed the entire dynamic of this entire film. Do you know what I mean? Like, and, and, and it's, it's something that, you know, I, I think most people might look at as, Oh, you can cut all that Mirai shit. 
You know what I mean? Like you, you don't need it. It's not important or whatever, but I, I would, I would disagree just because I feel like I think it is. I also, I also think like Bright's reaction to him is also very like, you know, telling and supports that because like, you know, Bright could be like, Oh, this guy like sniffing around my wife or whatever. Like, but Mm -hmm. instead Bright is like, you know, he smiles he knows Cameron wants the best, like means the best and wants right. the best for them. And he says, thank you. Like, you know, and he, he even asks him, won't this like get you in trouble? Like, do you need help? Like, and he's like, no, no, you know, it's fine. Like, so like, I, you know, man, like Bright's the man, like in this movie, yeah. like he's very, yeah. it's like, again, very subtle, but, but Bright is the man in this movie. Like, I think, you know, honestly, like the last few times I've watched it, one of the parts that always like almost puts a lump in my throat and it's not like again very subtle very tamino and it's it's only a couple second shot but at the end when like the psycho frames exploding and like the green lights pulling like axis away like you know the bright sky like on the bridge like reports oh axis is moving away and bright just there's this very brief shot of bright like like taking a step back and like you know looking like he's about to cry or something and like I kind of realized, like, oh, that's the moment he realized that like Amaro probably just died, like yeah. you know, doing that. So like that's like you know, that's I don't know, that's a very I think a powerful shot, and it only lasts like a couple seconds, I think. Yeah, it's it's I guess I guess it's one of those mysteries and and, and geniuses of this is like a lot of things don't often register. I think the first time you see them, but yeah. After you guys go out and watch this a dozen or so times, like shit, shit starts to register and hit you sometimes, and you're just like, oh damn, like that, it, it clicks eventually, you know. You know, one of, I noticed it before, like these last few rewatches, because I think, but it's one of the things you pointed out to me, like way, way back when I think when we first like started you know, talking about Gundam and, like, Char's counterattack and stuff, but, like, I had never noticed it, but, like, when there's that ring of light around the Earth at the end, there's the one light going around, and then Uh there's the two lights following it, and I'm like, oh, shit, like, I didn't, you know, that's so cool, like, yeah. That's Lala, and then Amaro and Char keep lighting back and forth. Chasing them around the Earth. Forever. And ever. Yeah, it's like, it's like they, and, and, and that's why I... I, I, it's like I remember the the me of being in my twenties and and having that sense of disappointment because I really wanted like some final definitive battle and I, I guess we got it right I mean Amuro beats the shit out of Shar you know what I mean like like he wins like like he, he's in his little you know escape pod like there's no contest like he won and it was totally fair too because Char hooks him up with the 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 correct what is it the correct psycho frame or whatever the fuck it is so he yeah. can he can use the new Gundam so it's it's quote unquote fair you know it's 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 not a lopsided uh, and that that's how arrogant fight. like Char is too like he could have like you know he didn't have to do that but he thought you know oh I need to have be a, have a fair fight with my rival or whatever he's like well right. he's like what would that prove if I beat him in inferior fucking uh, suit or whatever you know Derek do you think Amaro holding Char's little life capsule is the same as Jason holding Freddy's severed head. <laughs> uh, it, it's it's a trick question, but the answer is no. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> 
That's uh, a like I was gonna say that's one of those things that goes by like like in a flash and you barely even notice it is like Amaro like shoots Gune down like when doesn't even blink like he just goes boom and Gune's yeah. da- done like and uh, like uh, again something I read like someone pointed out it's like oh like the first time like Gune and Amaro fought Amaro was in an, inf- an inferior suit and he still was like keeping pace with him then the second time he, they fought like Gune had to do the whole hostage situation and Amaro still walked away and then finally. Finally, like Gune has like quests in her mobile armor, like running interference for him. But you know, the second Amro gets a free chance, he shoots down Gune like he wasn't even there. Like so, it's like you you know, if you want to say like how good a pilot Amro is at this point, it's like you know, these cyber new types can't even like keep up with him when it's a fair fight. So, well, that that was always the the vibe you got for somebody who was a true new type was that the the equipment was what was holding them back. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it just wasn't fast enough to keep up with them. And that's, that's one of those things where if you notice, like th- this was something that sort of bothered me when I first watched this, but I don't know that it bothers me as much now is my concept of a new type was that, was that someone who spent their entire life in space became acclimated to space and part of that evolution of living in space caused them to develop these new type abilities right like to communicate over space to perceive things in a manner that you wouldn't perceive when you're you know on the quote-unquote earth sphere and i think i had a hang-up about that because i was always kind of like well you know amuro lived on a side and Char lived on a side, and so they were in space. So my thought was like, well, you would have to be in space for a little while to become a new type. And it originally, I think, drove me crazy because I was like, well, Quest has been on fucking Earth her whole life. Like she was she was doing a sabbatical in India and all this other stuff like she wasn't in space, you know, and all of a sudden she's in space for two seconds. And then all of a sudden she's a gifted new type genius. And. You know. There's there's the whole um, I'm I'm sure you know people would say oh she's a she's a fucking Mary Sue or you know whatever whatever kind of you know uh, derogatory type things or whatever right uh, in addition to her being annoying and all this other stuff there's there's all that stuff where you're like this this character that comes out of nowhere and she's the bestest and whatever right and so all those natural things that kind of grate on you know, a long running franchise and and a new character that's introduced. And having said that, I think if you look at her arc, the minute she gets into space, like the, 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 the first shuttle flight that comes up, she's already using, you know what I mean? Like she's already being like, like that's, I don't know to me, that's, that's why yes, Char's using them, but I mean, I think, I think there is the, from, from any, any of the male parties, there is a recognizable interest in her talent and her ability and just that she's gifted. And like, that's part of whatever attraction there is for her from any of those parties that that's what that has to do with. And it's like that, that's the thing where you, you know, you might not have noticed it the first time you watched it. Cause you weren't even looking for it. Cause that wasn't even a concept in your head. Right. But if you, if you watch that first scene where they launch the shuttle with the concept that she's a new type 
and she doesn't know it yet. She's the one that tells the captain, hey, there's a big asteroid out in front of us. Like, move to the right, move to the right. That's because she's a fucking new type. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, and she was already accessing that ability the minute she went up into space. So by the time she's off and running with Char, like, that's why she's piloting the ships and, you know, zooming around and, and doing all kinds of stuff, you know, that, that most people, it would take them, you know, years to figure it out or, or maybe could never get that good naturally, you know? So there's, there's that aspect to it. The, the other thing I thought was interesting about that Tamino interview was, and, and this is kind of difficult to, um, to verbalize as well, but he was talking about how she was the anti Miyazaki girl in that interview, meaning to me, I mean, to put it in layman's terms, it's almost like Quest is an anti-Disney princess. You know what I mean? Like, like she's, she's supposed to be that prototypical prototype of a Miyazaki girl character, this kind of shoujo magic fantasy girl that like makes everything fine in the end and has a male protector. And, and those are, um, I, I guess I'm going to say those are very matriarchal characters, I think in a, in a way. And this is decidedly, you know, Gundam's about war. It's about men. It's about, you know, like it, it, it's more, you know, patriarchal and like, she's, she's the anti vert. Cause she doesn't, she doesn't fix anything. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, like there's no way for her to fix anything, but she still has the same, uh, gumption and hubris and annoying qualities that all those Miyazaki lead girls would have. The, the difference is they don't, she doesn't get the win at the 11th hour. Do you know what I mean? Like she doesn't, she doesn't pull it <laughs> no, off. I, I, I was going to say, I, I came up with a good way to characterize quests. Like after watching it, like rewatching it, this movie again, like she can detect everyone's bullshit, but her own basically mm. like she, yeah. she, she calls out all this, like, you know, shit, like, you know, she, she, she seems to have an understanding of a lot of things like, you know, that are beyond other people, but she can't recognize her own bullshit basically. Like she can't, well, you're, you're your own worst enemy, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Like, and I remember when we were talking about like Hathaway, like the movie, like Hathaway, and you were talking about how like, you know, Hathaway sees quests in Gigi mm -hmm. basically. And like Gigi was also someone who would like call out bullshit, like, and say the blunt truth, like, you know, and, yeah. you know, quests, you know, quest has those moments too in this movie. Like when yeah. she's, you know, talking to Gune <laughs> and saying like, Hey, you're just jealous of the captain. Like, and he, he's like, right. no, I'm not like, no, I'm not like, but, but the problem is when she when she shits in her bloomers, like she doesn't smell it though. Do you know what I mean? Like like that's 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 the big big problem with yeah. Quest. Like know? she like she doesn't like you know she doesn't recognize Hathaway's like feelings like for her until like the very last second. Basically, it feels is like. that is that is that such a like it, it's 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 one of those things that like solidifies her as getting that. Gwen Stacy angelic status like it, it it's like can you imagine like if Gwen Stacy was that annoying like she 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 was the 
the bitchy Gwen Stacy that first showed up in the Steve Ditko issues and stayed that way the whole time. <laughs> and then like at the very, very end, right about before her neck was about to be snapped, then she kind of has a moment where she's like the John Romita Gwen Stacy, like just for a split <laughs> second. Like that's, uh-huh. that's how, that's how on the drop of a dime Tamino, uh, acting beats i'm gonna call them are like they're they're so on the drop of a dime that you miss them right like if you're just if you're just casually watching this like you'd never notice in a million years but it's like she pushes hathaway out of the way like she saved his life like i mean i i I can't interpret that any other way do you know what i mean like it's not like it's not like she, I mean, unless she somehow thought she was going to be okay to take the brunt of the attack, but I don't, I don't suspect that's the case. Do you know what I mean? It's like, she's like, Oh, get out of the way, Hathaway. Like you're going to get shot, you know, like, and then she gets shot, you know, like, and, and that's, you know, that, that becomes the end of her story. Like she doesn't, she doesn't, um, you know, she doesn't do a Miyazaki girl thing and, and, you know, make with the happy endings, you know, like she's, she's, she gets played by Char. She, what, what do you guys, I mean, to, to me, that's that weird n- notion of this whole thing. It's like, what is she, exp- I mean, Amaro says she's looking for a father figure, which tracks when you look at her father, who's obviously, disconnected from her completely she acts out on purpose to get the attention of that father who never had time for her because he's this federation political official uh, official that clearly doesn't give her the time of day and that's what's developed her as a person she comes from a broken home obviously she you know that there's no real mother to speak of there was just that you know, uh, whatever, you know, mistress of, of Astonage or whatever his name was. Right. So as opposed to Hathaway, right. Hathaway came from a nuclear family, you know, mother, father, sister, they were happily married. There was no dysfunction in that family. Quest comes from a broken family a family that's disconnected and so she's she's constantly looking for that but if you go back to quest can't smell her own bullshit is is amuro then intelligent enough to realize that you know one quest is way too young for either me or char right but two quest is genuine in her um her longing or her 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 love or whatever but but he 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 understands it more as she's looking for a surrogate father figure and the reason why char says she's annoying is not just cuz she's annoying justin but i'm sorry to break it to you but but it's also <laughs> because because char Still, like, th- that's the problem with Char, where he never really did fully advance to that Amaro Hathaway level, I think, because Char still is completely selfish in this in this movie. Do you know what I mean? Like, in other words, the only person he really, really cares about now that Lala's gone 
is himself. And, and I think that might have been different if Sailor was still around, but Sailor's not part of this equation. So Char still has that childish aspect. And that's that's what what would have never worked, even though he was leading her on, which is unfortunate, right? But like Char never would have ever had the capacity to be a father figure for someone because he's looking for a mother figure. Do you know what I mean? Like, like that's, uh, again, kind of, you know, mind blowing, right? Like, like, like he, he, he could have never been that. And I think maybe Quest recognized that maybe Amuro could have been that, but the the only thing that like blows my mind about it. And, and this might be what Tamino's saying when he says that Quest was, created to be sort of a plot device, you know, to get characters from place to place and things to things. The the only thing that kind of trips me up about that is her kind of going, this hag on the rock high loom is, is messing with my style, you know, cramping my style. And it's very much like, uh, you know, or maybe, maybe it makes it applicable since she can't tell her own shit doesn't stink, you know, like, like where, she doesn't recognize the father like she's she's not smart enough she's smart enough to call everybody else out on their bullshit but her bullshit is she's got a father complex but she doesn't recognize that about herself so she thinks she's romantically invested in Amaro somehow as like one of these women that are going to uh you know move from oh Hathaway seems desirable at first because his father's the captain of a ship and there's a certain amount of prestige with that, but then it's like, oh wait, no, Amaro's the new type guy, and I, I, I learned all about him in India, and he's Mister New Type, so I'm going to jump to him. And then when Amaro rejects her, it, it, in not so many words, right? Like, like you know, rejects her concept of what she thinks they can be. Then she jumps to Shar, thinking, oh well, Shar, I'll, I'll go along with Shar, and 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 Shar can see someone that he can use to his own advantage. So he then embraces that and continues to lead her on to fulfill his own goals because he only cares about himself, or at least that's, I don't know. That's, that's how I extrapolate and recognize it. But, but I, I feel like that, that the aspects that, uh, I, I don't want to use the word cringe, but those aspects that like kind of make me cringe is, is when it gets to the point where she's like, you know, she 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 flat out says those things like, you know, oh, she's, you know, talking about Chan, you know, that hag on the ship is cramping my style, you know, and, and you're just like, does she actually think, you know, like that, like, why would, you know, I, you know, that that kind of thing, like, does does weird me out, you know. I kind of think it's like her, you know, oversensitive new type craziness or whatever, like, at mm. the, like, because she has like what, like one interaction with Chan and then like, then she's like, she immediately recognized, like, you know, sees through bullshit. Well, not I, I identifies like uh, she, she recognizes things like immediately sometimes where she's, she immediately sees Chan as a threat to her yeah, basically. Yeah. And like the, their second interaction, she's like, you should leave this ship right now because you know, you're in my way. And like, you know, what's your relationship with Amaro? And she's like, what, what are you talking about? And she's like, well, it doesn't matter what you think. Cause that's the way I see it. Like, you know, and like, like when, like, you know, you're like, who is this I mean, crazy girl? Like she's, she's not wrong. Wrong, but yeah. but but 
at you the don't same approach time, the yeah you don't approach the situation that way as a human yeah, being basically yeah, yeah, yeah. so I I think I feel bad for Chan like or like I, I at least see where she's like coming from because like she it, it's almost Chan is almost a like I see again like I, I kind of like you know unlocked all these achievements watching the movies like this last two times and I'm, I kind of see what Tim, you know or you know the creators of this movie meant with Chan like she's kind of a parallel to Nanai almost where yeah yeah like you know she obviously She's more into Amaro than he is into her. Absolutely. But like you said, Amaro is mature enough now to know like how to like talk to girls and like and he does care for Chan. Like he, you know, he he yeah. he, yeah. he is not like Char. He's not using Chan. He, he does He's not manipulating yeah, her. He's not no. manipulating you, but he, he, at the same time there is a part of him that probably, yeah, like like Shar probably like died well, with Ala died basically. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Like they 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 both can't let go of Lala like that's that that's a you know they, they talk about Char whispers his name uh, whispers her name in his sleep at night you know what I mean like that whole thing and I I think that's that's that that thing that Chan senses like where he's like she's like you you go cold you know what I mean and that's that's those moments where you know whatever you want to call it like post-traumatic stress or whatever right he has those those flashbacks, you know, those moments, yeah. like, like when, when she's waiting for him outside the room, you know, and he, he has to have those moments to sort of turn the, the coldness inward. But, 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 you know, obviously Chan's sensitive enough to it that well, she knows I, something's going on from, yeah. from what I read. And this is, this is going to go into sort of the history of like this whole like endeavor kind of, but like, Tamino did like this novel called High Streamer, which is like, you know, the, his intention for the end of like Shar and Amaro. And this movie apparently adapts like the second half of High Streamer. The whole first half is like all the backstory for this movie, like Shar's returning, like taking over Neo Zeon. And like, you know, all the history that they only talk about this movie and like Chan is actually in High Streamer, but I don't think she's romantically linked to Amuro. She's just like a member of his support team or whatever. Then like when Tamino wanted to write like, you know, his like he wanted to improve and like do a definite version of his story. So that's when he wrote like Beltorchka's Children. And that's when he made like, you know, Amaro and Beltorchka like a, an official couple. Like they were expecting a child in that in that treatment. And like that he was trying to like um, push the like, you know, differences and parallels with Char even more where he's like, well, see, Amaro is mature enough to like, you know, start a family and like have a loving, like, you know, spouse with a kid or whatever, but Char isn't. And then apparently like when they were making Char's counterattack, it's like the executives are like, no, no, we can't have Amuro like tied down to like a girl or something. He's got to be like James Bond or whatever. So that's when like they plucked Chan out of high streamer and like put her in Beltorchka's role basically instead. And like, that's like, you know, there's like the three different versions of this story basically where you've got high streamer, Beltorchka's children, and then Char's counterattack the movie. And like, you know, maybe that's what you mean. Like, you know, when, what Tamino says in that interview where he's like, well, you know, I, I think the movie's kind of incomplete and it's not exactly what I wanted, but you know, it is what it is basically. It, it, it also maybe brings some truth to what, Justin desires. Do you know what I mean? Like that that section you talked about that sets up how how Char ended up 
you know, running Neo Zeon in the first place. Because I mean, I, I factually, right? That's that is a missing section because before this, Neo Zeon was run by, you know, Haman and 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 all them kooky Ewok bullshit guys in the Neo Zeon army, right? Like so, there there is a transitionatory that's, yeah, that, period of power there too right that's that's what like like i said that's what i read it's that high streamer is like a very a fairly long novel and this movie pretty much adapts the plot beats of it from um, like the second half of the movie basically and the first half is only discussed as like backstory and stuff in the movie so i kind of wish they could adapt that like not not to like supersede this film but just to be like an alternate like hey you know like like how they've uh, took the Alien Three script and made that into a comic. Like take right, that right, right. and make that into like a I don't know fifty episode, twenty six episode series, and just be like you can have A or you can have B. It's up to you. But one's not replacing the other one. Yeah, and I, I told Derek before we started. I, I read some of like the fan translated like Beltorchka's children manga like before like you know we started talking and uh like uh, Derek did you say like they're they're planning maybe to do it like an official translation of that or they they made an announcement on Crunchyroll like back in 2021 so of course people are on that company's Twitter going hey you announced this back in 2021 where the fuck is it and I think on their Twitter feed, they said, oh, we're hoping for a May slash June release. Uh, the first chapter's been like, translated. But now when I go to Amazon, it says something about August 2020. Yeah. Well, like I, like I was going to say, like from what I read, it's basically the same plot as Char's counterattack, but they just kind of sub Beltorchka in for Chan. And like I said, like she's pregnant with Amaro's child. And there's a lot more like, you know, like compare and contrast with him and Char, like in terms of like maturity and stuff. And like, yeah, so I mean, it, it's got really nice art. It's got like, you know, origin, like class art and stuff like that. But I was kind of like, oh, well, this isn't as different as I was thinking it would be kind of, but there's also some like there's there's some like weird shit in it like where it's like you know in the, when when quest does her little space somersault thing like in the in the in beltorchka's children manga she's only in her underwear when she does that like and i'm, I'm like isn't she gonna like freeze to death like in space like but okay or whatever but like there's a, there's a bunch of weird like seemingly unnecessary changes to that effect but it, it's like it's like food that falls on the floor it's like five second rule you're okay yeah uh-huh i was gonna say that uh, not that i'm some genius for figuring this out but i just figured i'd mention it since we're mentioning like little subtle uh fan service nods that you you know that that are not hitting you over the head or whatever like when they're in londanium and they're in that jeep doing the kind of uh you know i don't know sightseeing tour and it's quests and hathaway and then amuro and Quest is the one saying, oh, you know, follow, follow that, uh, that swan, you know, and then the swan turns into Lala. But those swans look, I mean, to me, I was almost like, is that the same fucking side? And then I looked it up and it's not. But like, it, it feels like, because it feels like when Amaro and Lala first met. Do you know what I mean? Like where where he saw the swan and the rain and the whole nine yards. Right. And then they they meet on the front porch and everything. And it's it's the, the, the thing you're talking about, these these echoes of those relationships. It's like, you know, Hathaway and Quest could have could have been, 
young lovers. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe, you know, like if, if things were aligned in a different way, perhaps. Right. But, you know, it, it just, you know, she, she makes these decisions that further the plot. Right. But also at some point you're kind of like, you start to wonder, you know, why, why does she do those things? But it's like, I guess it's supposed to be because she's a new type and she senses where the wind's blowing before most people can even verbalize it. And so she's basically, you know, preemptively acting upon those impulses because of how young she is. And then it just, you know, sort of ricochets into, you know, what, what the events of the film or whatever. But, but I, I, I remember finding that always kind of fascinating, you know, the, the whole thing of like, Oh damn, that's like, that's just like when Amaro met Lala, you know? I do like the fact that like Amaro and Char get to have like a fist fight too. Like, you know, they don't just, you know, go and add it at mobile suits. Like they get their yeah, little fist yeah. fight, you know, I'm like, <laughs> I love like, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like, I, I feel like it's almost like super reckless, but like, you know, Amaro drives up right alongside of the horse and like jumps out of the car and tackles Amaro. I don't know. Hathaway, Char, you got this. You got yeah, this. Yeah. Like you got that. Like, like it should have been like Hathaway. It was like, thanks for telling me to grab the wheel. Like uh, Mr. Ray, like, you know, that's, that's one of those Tamino things. Like Hathaway had to keep up with that shit. Otherwise, uh, you know. That the Jeep would have been riding off the road or something. Everyone, would you give up your lives? これが私専用の赤いテリヤキだ。ガーリックとベーコンの衝撃。辛さは最大限に活かす。それが私の真意だ。スパイシーチーズとハラペーニョ。シャー専用体ダブチ。この感覚、あんの。いや、トリッチ。トリプルチーズが入タイプ。白いトリッチ。これでこそ私のマックだ。シャー専用マクドナルドへようこそ。So, I don't know that we've necessarily talked about this because I feel like the T sphere is fucking blue cupcakes. Like what did you guys think? happened with the T-Sphere when you first saw it? Do you think something different happened with it now? Like, what, I mean, I, I know we've kind of extrapolated certain things. I mean, we, we, you know, obviously we see the, you know, the whole Valhalla, you know, spinning around the earth forever, fighting one another over Lala spirit, you know, like that's, that's part of that T-Sphere energy, right? Like Chan has the little stupid T thing, you know, but it's like, it, it's a it's a psycho frame that collects new type energy, but then when new type individuals die, it's like it keeps amassing their souls until it becomes this force that can pull back an asteroid from the Earth. I mean, is that is that good enough? Like, like what? what I, I don't know. What did Sorta. you guys think? You know, it's like uh, I guess like it it over, like the official word is it's like you know it helped it overloaded the new Gundam's own like psycho framed lined frame. And like, that's like, you know, the, the sheer force of will is what like pulled axis away. 
and like both Shar and Amuro were transformed into like pure energy basically and like when they overloaded so like I mean I guess that's what the official word is like I just yeah I I mean when I first saw it I just thought like maybe the new Gundam just overloaded and it exploded and that's what killed them but it's like people people are saying like no like the new Gundam like itself like transformed into like you know pure energy somehow just from sheer force of will almost but well i i feel like that's that's why i i did reflect on this in my 20s as having a disappointing ending because it's supposed to be the definitive conclusion but if you look at it that way right that that is kind of what i was alluding to is they're out right if they're just transformed into energy you, you know energy cannot be created or destroyed right like so they could conceivably that, like that's their back door if like i guess some alternate universe gundam or whatever these other sequels they made after this did not did not do well or did not take off with with other protagonists like if they wanted to keep doing you know gundam with char or amuro and they wanted to bring them back they could totally you know pull an infinite crisis and then you know pluck amuro and char out of the energy stream and they're going to be like oh look at all this uh SD Gundam bullshit. We're gonna fix this or whatever. You know what I mean? Well, like, I, like. Well, thank, thanks to Unicorn and stuff. I like. I always assumed now, like, you know, thanks to the ending of Unicorn, that like, you know, Amuro, Shar, and Lala's spirits all like reached some kind of communion or something, mm. and because they, you know, they show up to like, you know, whisk full frontals like soul away or whatever too, and like. Uh, uh, whatever else like was there but i mean you can interpret that in whatever way you want basically yeah but, yeah but i i don't know i think it, it's vague at best but i like i said like the there there is official words out there as to what happened but like you know i think you can i think there's more than enough room for like interpretation or like like you said like wiggle room did did the uh, T-Sphere ever get discussed by you and your buddy, Justin, when you watched this? Or was that one of the frequent topics or were there other things you guys discussed when you when you watched this? That was probably the most frequent thing we discussed, like what exactly happened and what did it mean and all that stuff. And my thought was always T-Sphere interacted with the psycho frame of the new Gundam and it like fed off of Amro's intense desire to like save the world and we get reacted to that but because of that reaction it caused Char and Amro to like you know turn into like energy and you know dissolve or something this that's kind of like what I always assumed but um I don't really remember what my buddy's stance was I think he kind of agreed with me for the most part I, I don't know it's hard to remember but yeah, it's it's one of those nebulous things. It's like I don't think it even matters what the official stance is. Like it it doesn't even matter what Tamino intended. I think it's one of those things where it's just like it's it's just up to the viewer. It's like whatever you see in it, like whatever you read into it, like that's right, what happened. Right. It's it's art. It's it's how you interpret the art, not what the person intended. Yeah. Well, there, like, I, I know I posted it for you guys, but, like, there there are those, like, Super Robot Wars games where, like, you know, those are basically extended what-ifs. And, like, the most recent one was, like, takes place, like, after Char's counterattack, and it's, a like, sort of what-if, like, Char and Amuro, like, you know, survived that. And, like, you know, Char is, like, 
overwhelmed by guilt by what with what he's done and he goes back to being like quattro bagina like you know ostensibly just to so he can join in like you know the good guys and play like as part of the you know team in the game but like you know amaro is is like i guess amaro and chan get like sequestered away on earth again by the federation and like they got to go rescue them again or something but then like you know they join up again too and like you know, Veltorchka comes back and brings like the high new Gundam to Amaro, and like you know he he you know cleans house and like every, every, like Amaro always has tons of fan aura in those games, and they're like when he gets the high new Gundam that like he single handedly like saves the day and shit, and he gets like you know his own like uh, he gets like an instrumental version of Beyond the Time playing when he's like doing his like Kira Yamato like hero moments and stuff and like it's it's all super cool but it's also like really fan wanky and shit and like they, they they all like forgive Char and stuff they're like hey don't worry about it like that was that was Char Aznable like you're Quattro Bagina you know you're like you're all good dude like and he's like oh, okay like <laughs> but like yeah I, I know like that's all like fan wanky shit but it's still fun to like see. I liked when you told us that Amaro had a thing where it was like, what was it? It was like Chan and Beltorchica. Yeah, and, there's uh, like a there's like a chapter where like Beltorchica and Chan like you know decide to you know they say hey let's be rivals for his affections or something. Oh, okay, like, okay, that's, and they like they shake hands on it or whatever, and Amaro's like and tugging at his collar or whatever. Uh, Amaro's got his his little mini harem or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, like I mean I'd. I would love to see, like, you know, either, you know, Bell Torch's, Torch's children, like, you know, officially translated or, you know, any kind of new animation or like people all like, you know, people are always saying like, hey, why don't you do like, you know, high streamer or animate mm -hmm. like, you know, all any of this new shit like and just, you know. There's, there's certainly enough product out now where that you can like people aren't going to be confused about it or whatever. So, but I wonder I wonder if if part of that, though, is is the the old excuse about they don't want to pay Tamino because, I mean, he's the guy that wrote it, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm sure. Or maybe they don't want, even want to involve him now. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's like a, you know, Gene Watt Roddenberry thing or something. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they, they don't want to risk, like, you know, Reconquista and G levels of confusion and, like, you know, whatever. <laughs> so... But I mean, you know, Hathaway is based on his like, I, I'm sure it was like spruced up by like the screenwriter or whatever. But I yeah. mean, Hathaway is based on his writing, too. But that's true. That's true. I mean, if, yeah. if they're if they're cutting him a check for that, they can cut him a check for for um, high streamer or, or, or whatever. Right. Mm. Like, yeah, like I, I think, like I said, I, I enjoyed rewatching this again. I'm glad we got to talk about it. Like I, I've been waiting to talk about it for like for a time. You, I was trying to convince you guys because you guys were like, no, no, we got to like finish like you know the original series. And I'm kind of like, well, technically we would have to finish Zeta and Double Zeta too. Like, and but but I mean, I'm sure we could have talked about it after the original series. But like I, you know, I, I was like, I don't want to wait till it's like you know dead Derek in his grave to talk about. So, like, you know. <laughs> Until let, let's let's be on the optimistic side. Maybe it'll be uh, Derek in a poof of energy, like fighting over uh, Hong Kong karaoke slots with somebody or whatever. You know, yeah. maybe it'll maybe it'll be something fun. Yeah, absolutely. 
But I mean, I, I think I've said all I wanted to say. Like, I, I mean, I really, I do like this movie, even though like it, it has grown on me. Like as you were discussing, Derek, I mean, you have to watch it like multiple times to get like, yeah. to yeah. squeeze out every little bit of meaning from it basically. But uh, I don't know, like Justin, do you have like any more thoughts? Compared to you guys, I have very few achievements unlocked because this is only like <laughs> the third time I've watched this, I think. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and uh, you guys know, like I recently sat down and rewatched Buffy and Angel and I've kind of been looking for something to, you know, occupy my time with now. So talking about this makes me want to rewatch Zeta because I only watched that once like 10 years ago. So I kind of, I want to like sit down and, you know, watch Zeta again and you know, you know, you know what, closer. you know, what really uh, made Char turn totally evil again is that light bear machine. That's uh, <laughs> that's what made him go bad. Or when, when he went, said, to, when he why went, is this not say beer? Damn when Federation. He, when he went to Mac Daniels restaurant. Yes. 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 <laughs> I love those. I love those friggin commercials where he's talking <laughs> McDonald's. Like, those are so good. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm going to hand Mike a note and it's going to say, beware, Derek, he is a Chad. He is a Chad. <laughs> he is a Chad. You know what? You know, it's funny. I, I, I think I think I was thinking about that, you know, a, as we were talking about it. And you, then Mike brought up the distinction, like the further distinction of in the novel that Amaro would be married and a family man and is is. I don't know, mature enough to do that or whatever. And so I started reflecting on it and, and the people in my life that could possibly be Chad's. And I was like, oh, wait, they're all married and family men. So clearly I am the Chad now because I have no family and I'm not mature enough to do that. So I was like, whoops, the Chad is me. <laughs> I'm the Chad. You got to start wearing solid gold business suits around and stuff. I guess, I guess. I, I I didn't I didn't think I was gonna be the uh, the, the the char, but maybe I am. Let me let me, speaking of we keep talking about what ifs, but let me ask you this final question, like both of you, you know when like Char's like you know when he's saying goodbye to Nanai, he's kind of like you know oh like once I'm done with this, I'll do whatever you say or whatever. Mm -hmm. Do you think if he won, like if he successfully dropped Axis and killed Amaro, he would just become like a you know henpecked husband to Nanai or something or what you... not a henpecked husband but I, I I think there's some truth to when you know when he's talking to Gunai and he's like stop starting shit and spreading all these rumors about me being a lowly con and and I, I think the I'm not saying all of that is completely true and non not manipulative but I sort of believe when he says Nanai's been very nice to me. Like, basically saying, don't, like, don't fuck that up. Like, like it's something I need, and maybe it's only for the moment. But, like, I, I kind of think that maybe... I don't know. I mean, what's Doesn't the alternative? Well, I mean, talking about that that interview we read, like Tamino basically says he's like, oh, he goes with Nanai because Nanai like makes his dick feel good, basically. Like, so. well, yeah, but 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 it's also it's also you, you know what's funny about that is he he says that Lala could have been a mother to him, and and the other thing about that that's kind of weird, but also kind of makes sense is when you um when you make that commitment or or 
when when you decide to spend the rest of your life with somebody, part of it is yes, because because they make your dick feel good. Absolutely, right? Like that's that's certainly part of the equation, right? But another part of the equation is when my dick doesn't work anymore, will they take care of me? Do you know what I mean? Like when you get old and crusty and lame and stupid, like, will they still love you enough to take care of you? And I, I kind of, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know that this is, I'm not saying definitively, but I'm saying at least I feel like Nanai, the answer to that question would be yes. Like when Char got old and had to walk around on a cane and was, was old codger Char, like Nanai would still love him the same way back when he was good, good looking Chad or whatever. Quests, uh, I don't, I don't know. Like that's kind of weird discussion. You know what I mean? Like, is that, is that the insinuation? Like he'd come back and get with Quest instead of Nanai because Nanai's has that, that jealousy. Like I, I don't know what, like what else, or, or do you just think? Char would like once he's done with them, they'd all be Kleenexes and he'd go off and do some other thing. It would be temporary. Like I could see Char would take like a victory lap uh, among all the colonies and wave to the crowds and everything and wave his hand and everything. And the Nye would be right there by his side and they would be together for maybe a year or so. But after that victory lap's over and he's like with her day in and day out, like I think he would get tired of all that like i don't know what he would do after after the victory and everything i guess like clean up stuff and just you know be the head of neo zeon like whatever duty that entails but i think i think char is one of those guys who kind of like needs conflict and action and mm-hmm. i don't think like the conflict of board meetings and that kind of stuff would satisfy him like i think i think he'd be happy with the victory and he'd be happy with peace, I think it would be temporary. I think he would get restless, and I think he would kind of, like, look for something new, you know, look for a new world to conquer, and he would probably eventually just kind of... I can see him just, like, up and leaving the night to go look for, you know, whatever, like, uh, you know, develop some secret mobile suit cycle frame, the T-Triangle 3D, you know, 360, like, whatever, like, you know, to try and, you know, bring back Lala So from wherever it is or something. Like, he, he would do something. Like, he would get tired of her eventually. Yeah, like, I, I think it, I, I like both of those responses. Like, I, I think, you know, it's it, like, again, it's a what if, like, but like, like I said, in the, in, the, in the Super Robot Wars game, like, he lives through, like, the Axis shock or whatever. And I guess maybe because of that and because of what he felt then, he's all, like, shaken and horrified at what happened. But, like, you know, I'm talking about a Char who wouldn't have, like, would have killed Amaro and never had to do that. So, but, but yeah, it's, you know, it's all what ifs. It's all very interesting. I just thought it was, like, you know, an interesting, it was an interesting line for him to say. Like, he was like, you know, what, what, you know I'll do whatever you want, basically. Like, but once I do this thing I need to do. Like... Captain. Hmm. Those feelings of yours. You could be a true new type. Atta girl. Captain, do what you like, but once you beat Amuro... Of course. I'll do whatever you ask. You have my word. Now move to the combat bridge. Sure. Atta girl. What's up? I had a meeting with the operations officer. 
What made you think I'd have the slightest interest in quests? I don't understand, Captain. Nanai has assigned quests to the Alpa. Guard her until she gets used to it. Yes, sir. Look, I only care about two things. Neo Zeon and defeating Amaro. And Nanai's been very nice to me so far. Sir. Well, yeah, I think I'm, I'm tapped out now. <laughs> All right. Well, if you guys have any comments, questions, and or concerns about an asteroid about to be dropped on your colony or your Earth, you can send angry, angry emails to fanholspodcast at gmail.com. If you want to download the backlog of episodes for Mobile Soup Mondays, you can do so over on the fanholspodcast.blogspot.com. You can direct download all the episodes there. We also can be streamed. We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Spotify, and Amazon Music. And we're on the social medias. We're on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And we appreciate all the hearts, likes, retweets, and shares that we receive. So until the next time, this is Derek, Derek WC, signing off. Hey, it's Mike, and I have seen the tears of time. And this is Justin Zig Zeon.
Japanese a week or two ago. So now, like, I've seen it twice in the last, like, two weeks. And now, like, like all today, I was, like, in my head, I was, like, like in my head, I just kept hearing. Like, Sean recurring, like, the... fighting for our rights. <laughs> Oh man, I'm doing something wicked. Justin is fighting for our cast. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I keep hearing that in my head because I, you know, <laughs> all week. You belong to me. Yeah, that's a that's a, I like that song. Like that's a good uh, that's a like I said a good ending uh, song for that. And I liked that instrumental version they were playing in that Super Robot Wars game. I like also I like playing New Gundam in Extreme Versus because he does he he's got the move where he does like the little backflip and fires the bazooka on his back like the flip shot like that's a that's like an iconic sort of shot nice 